Welcome to another edition of Canton Bound, the NFL half of our Campus to Canton podcast here. As always, I'm Colin. And this is Brandon. And that is a new voice, a new voice to this show, not a new voice to the network. I'm joined today by Brandon Sanders. Uh, He formerly did the uh, Fruit Freshman episode podcast with us that just wrapped up uh last year hosted the bet on c2c podcast and he has graciously agreed to help me out here with canton bound today uh getting back to the roots a little bit yeah man going back to the uh the fantasy footballer days and the uh dynasty nerds days get to talk about nfl it's been a hot minute but i've been craving it honestly like uh there's so much drama in the nfl and i don't get to talk about it because i'm so deep into cff but uh i'm excited to jump back into the pro series for a little while and talk some nfl with you tonight man love it yeah i'm excited too we we've been off for a while i think uh our last episode of Canton Bound that we did was like the first week of June, something like that. And then we've been doing all the conference preview series. So we have a lot of news to catch up on training camp. Uh, we haven't talked about anything training camp related. Uh, so we got, we got a lot to, we got a lot to talk about. I hope you're ready. I'm ready. Love it. All right. Well, uh, we also have to start with a couple announcements here. First, housekeeping we'll get this out of the way uh go over to campus our parent website check out all of the stuff we have going on over there uh, we got the in-season content really ramping up we're going to be having weekly nfl rankings we're going to have some weekly college rankings we have projections that are going to be coming out we have the player prop tool for dfs we have tons of college dfs content prize pick contents We have the C2C winning edge spreadsheets uh, over there. They have team spreads, team totals for every single game. All of the stuff you could possibly want for betting content. We've got you covered. Uh, That will be in the NIL tier. All of our betting content will be covered in the NIL tier. We also have an NIL only podcast channel that we have started, The Collective. We have some big time guests over there. So I don't know if you've heard on Debbie Debate. Uh, they announced the lineup. We are really excited to bring on Matt Waldman. He's going to be doing a show for us over there on the feed. Uh, we also have Austin doing a show. Nikki and Allen is going to be doing a show. And some guy named Michael Nelson is also going to be doing a show. That guy. <laughs> uh, so we got a lot. We had a great lineup over there on the NIL only podcast. If you have any questions about that, definitely reach out to us in the Discord. We'll get you hooked up with that feed. YouTube channel on Saturdays is going to be popping. Uh, we have. News. You guys are moving. Let's yes, talk about sir. It. We are moving, sort of. Uh, we are simulcasting with the Better Sports Network. Uh, they're going to be on. We're going to be on their network, and we're going to be on our own YouTube channel. We're going to be bringing you the same tailgate show that we normally have been uh, from 10 a.m. to 12 uh, noon on Saturday mornings, taking you right up to kickoff, talking everything college football, talking some matchups. We're talking some DFS and some prize picks. We're talking some game picks, injury news. We're going to have a couple of segments on there uh, where we'll have a Debbie segment on there. We'll have the marquee with Barnabas Lee returning where he highlights uh, some draft prospects uh, and some, some big matchups there as well. Player versus player matchups. We got a ton 
of stuff coming for you on ta- on Saturday mornings on the tailgate. Saturday nights, college football, college fantasy tonight. Uh, we're going to be having a Sports Center style recap show, recapping everything that happened in the day of college football. That is going to be kicking off roughly like 9, 9.30th. We moved it up a little bit earlier this year. Uh, so that way, uh, Felix, you get to bed to on time. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yes. Um, you hopped on a couple of those shows last year and helped us out, right? Tailgate for sure. Yeah, it was week zero. Uh, the Tar Heels played in week zero last year, there so extra sweaty. Uh, but uh, that was the arrival of, of Marin Hampton. Shout out CFF. Shout out okay. to the UNC Tar Heels. But, uh, you know, I'll, I probably will hop back on there as well. It just depends on if I can get home from work in time and have some stuff ready to go. So we'll see how it goes. But uh, I've offered to help if I have a Saturday available for both the tailgate and uh, college fantasy tonight. So Good stuff. Yeah, we're definitely going to need it. We'll have a revolving uh, cast of characters over there, depending on the week. Uh, and then our uh, home field apparel uh, partnership we have over at the site as well. Promo code campus to Canton for 15% off of your first order. With the college football season kicking off, you're going to need some new apparel to wear on game day. I am going to the whiteout game this year. Okay. You got a white shirt ready? I I do. I got the, uh, I got a home field apparel, Penn state whiteout shirt, national champions, 1982. Let's go. Um, Yeah. So I'm ready to rock that. Uh, I'm very excited. So I won't be on any of the Saturday shows that game because that, uh, it's a white out white presidents. Absolutely. Yeah. It's going to be a full weekend affair. Uh, very excited for that one. You have uh you're, you're, you live pretty close to UNC, right? Yeah. I'm about two hours away. I'm actually closer to ECU, but, uh, so I have an EC, I have a couple ECU shirts just in case I want to go purple and gold when, uh, the Tar Heels on a bye week. As long as we don't play the Pirates, they're kind of my second favorite. But I do got some Ramsey shirts from Home Field Apparel. They're super comfortable, guys. So we'll go pick those up. Definitely uh, fits really good. Makes the shoulders look broad, you know. So just <laughs> make sure you look like a stud out there. And uh, repping for college season. Um, now I sound like uh, our friends at Back to Debbie. But hey, man, go get that Home Field Apparel for sure. Yeah, definitely. Like I said, if you're going to any games, I'm me at the Penn State game, you at any North Carolina or ECU games, you're going to have people coming up to you and be like, that shirt's sick. Where'd you get that? Mm-hmm. You got to stand Homefield out. apparel and tell them campus to Canton sent you. Use that promo code. Last announcement that we have here, and this is a big one. This is a big one. Um, so they were gonna they were gonna announce it last night, and I can I told Felix no. Uh, this is this is my announcement here. This is going to be my last episode of Canton Bound. This is going to be the last episode of canton bound no we're not going anywhere with the nfl content we have brought on the guys from 4d chess very excited to bring on the 4d chess guys adam and mike uh, if you're not familiar with their work definitely go check them out uh, on twitter at 4d chess ff adam is atm 40 chess mike is iowa michael uh, they are with Destination Devi. They do the 4D Chess podcast. They have a ton of content. These guys are some of the smartest Dynasty players in the space. Uh, they have some, they talk a lot of strategy. So we're going to be bringing you more than just the news uh, and everything like that that I've been bringing for a while. Right, They're going right. to talk some more in depth strategy and stuff. 4D Chess. 
And if you haven't heard about tearing down, these are the guys to help you out. So if you're looking for sound like trades that are fair to both parties, these guys will definitely help you out with that. So if you're struggling with trades with your league mates, these guys are excellent for helping you out. So definitely check them out. Definitely check them out. And you're not going to go have to go too far to check them out moving forward. They will be starting uh, on our network next week. So a little bit bittersweet. Uh, for this is my last Canton Bound episode, but I'm glad to glad to get one more out of the way here before right. the season Especially starts. Campus life forever. Yeah, uh, <laughs> campus life not going anywhere. You're not getting rid of me that easily. <laughs> um, but yeah, this will be this will be the final Canton Bound episode, episode 109 of Canton Bound. There so, you go. A lot of episodes there. That's a good life. A good life. Yeah. So very excited for those guys. Check them out in the meantime, but you'll hear their voices on our podcast feed next week into the real episode here it's uh it was that was a long intro had a lot to get through but we're back we're talking some news we got a lot of nfl news to cover here um some of this is maybe a little bit older because like i said we haven't really talked some nfl news in a little bit but i, I we highlighted some of the key names and some of the key um injuries and starters and everything like that going on so first up baker mayfield is getting another chance he was named the starter for tampa not that big of a surprise to me. I don't know about you. I was kind of expecting that no, the whole time. Uh, I've never, I mean, I thought Trask was good. I just didn't think, I always saw like backup um, quarterback when I saw Trask, to be honest yeah. with you, whereas Baker was prolific and um, he's shown some greatness in his in his time in college and a little bit when he's played here in the NFL. So I was expecting that. Um, it just depends on how he can support two studly wide receivers we're about to talk about too, so. Yes. Yeah. So he is going to have a very strong cast with him. There two stud wide receivers, Chris Evans and or Chris Evans, <laughs> Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. I don't know. Maybe Chris Evans is going to be there too. Good, it's fine. Whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Uh, they also have a rookie on the rise who we might talk about a little bit later. They, do, uh, they have some tight ends there. Cade Otten, a potential breakout this year. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of solid options here. What do you think Baker's relevancy is going to be this year and moving forward? Can he recapture some of that magic? I think he can be serviceable. Um, he's definitely going to be, uh, if you're in a super flex for dynasty, for example, he's definitely your QB two or three. He wouldn't be a guy that you probably, unless you're rebuilding and you just have to kind of do that situation. Um, Baker and redraft. He's one of those guys where he's definitely, if you're playing in a two QB league, or if you're playing, um, just one QB, he would just be a backup and you would play him on a bye week basically. Um, but that's where kind of I'm seeing it as like this is his last ditch effort. However, like he's a spot play, I still think is the way to kind of do that until he proves us differently. Um, but having a good uh, supporting system around him, he is set up for success. He just really just needs to go through the rhythm, find his uh, find the people that he needs to hit and kind of just hit them in stride, which we've been seeing a little bit of that in preseason. He's finally starting to catch up a little bit, which is nice. So. Yeah. Yeah. He was starting to catch up a little bit. He was, he was looking good at times there. And, you know, when he went over to LA last year at the end of the year, you know, he had a couple of, he had a couple of nice games there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe we see a little bit of a bounce back here. I don't know, but right now he's, you know, according to fantasy pros ADP, he's going off the board of the QB 41. Yeah. I think he's going to have like, he's probably going to have like a QB three season, probably hover around like QB 28 ish. Mm -hmm. um you know mid-tier qb3 i think um but 
way, way more valuable than QB 41. You know, he's going to be a starter moving forward. So For sure. if you got on him at the start of the offseason, that was, that was a good time to buy. Yeah, there's 32 teams like he's starting for one. Like, so he's way more than just the value that he's getting right now just by 10 spots. So, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I think the the next question, though, and, and maybe the more important question is, uh, what does this mean for Chris Godwin and Mike Evans? Two, we said stud receivers. They've had a long history of success. I think what last year was that the first year Mike Evans didn't hit a thousand yards or did he hit a pitting? I was going to say, yeah, the difference is like Godwin, uh, high ceiling. Uh, he can really produce in games. Evans, Mr. Consistent, um, just a big body that you know can uh, just pull it down regardless of the quarterback because he's had some terrible quarterbacks and he's had some oh, really yeah. good quarterbacks with, with Brady. So it's like, and even Brady in his decline there at the last of the year still, you know, almost did a thousand yards. I think it was 800 mm -hmm. and something, but he had a significant amount of touchdowns and that's where, that's where you got to figure it out. Um, if you're a contender this year, I would say go with Evans as like one of those, cause he is aging out. I think he's believed 28 or 29. So he's probably got one more, like two or three year contract left in him. So, you know, if you're playing C2C, if you're in a win now situation where you're going to win your NFL side, he would be worth, uh, you know, maybe a, a draft pick. Maybe you can throw like a, um, you know, maybe not a solidified starter in CFF or on the college side, but maybe you can, you know, do a couple of uh, picks there, maybe in, in like a, you know, you guys as rookie or the freshman draft and things like that, kind of pick him up to kind of solidify that championship. Whereas Godwin, he's actually going a lot higher, especially in redraft and stuff like that, because a lot of people love his upside because he's more of the pass catcher. Um, he moves around. Of course, there's another guy we're going to talk about later that's uh, might be coming up as a good wide receiver three option and proved himself in college too. So um, Evans is like your safe play, whereas Godwin is like high upside. So that's why he's being presented in an ADP much higher currently at the moment. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. My, um, Chris Godwin's the guy that I would want more so than Evans. He's a little bit younger. Um, like you said, he's got that higher upside too. I think he's just at this point in his career, a better overall player than Mike Evans, you know, not to, to knock sure. Mike Evans, great player. Um, you know, and, and I just, I just looked it up. He did just barely hit a thousand, he hit a thousand yards last year mm -hmm. in week 17 when he hit a 200 yard game. There that you was go. how he hit it. Big boy game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So, and it was against Carolina. So they probably yeah. mailed it in by that point. They had a lame duck coach. So, he hit it last year, 1,000 yards every year. Like you said, with Mike Evans, is pretty consistent. Uh, but I, I do agree. I think Mike Evans is a guy that you can, if you're a contender, uh, you can get for pretty cheap right now, and you can get him. And if he's like one of your flex starters, like I think that's a really good flex starter. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think Baker can sustain two wide receivers as uh, fantasy-relevant options. I mean, um, he did it in Cleveland with uh baker or not a big uh with uh landry and obj so mm -hmm. you know he's 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 done it before and i think we could see him do it again here in tampa yep and he's also got some good dump off uh with rashad white and stuff like that mm -hmm. as well so i mean he's got the talent around that will catch so if that's what we're doing is looking at passing yards i mean baker's going to do it. it's just a matter of how many touchdowns he can get there so yeah yeah exactly i mean i think the the bucks team this year is is going to take a, a step back you know they're losing brady um they're aging a little bit you know uh, more you know it's been what two years removed from that super bowl run now so right, yeah the covid year yeah three years yeah three years so yeah they're they're aging out a little bit i don't think they're going to be that great of a team so that's probably going to put him in some decent game script situations 
and it's an NFC South too, so you don't have to really worry about a whole lot of competition. <laughs> if we're being honest, no offense to all the sorry, I know you're Atlanta fan there, Colin. That's yeah, all but, good. None you taken. Know, NFC South is pretty much like the ACC when it comes to college, man, just wide open, basically. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so yeah, Baker getting another chance there. I think uh, we we could see a little bounce back for him, and I think that is good news for Evan and Godwin. Brock Purdy has also been named the starter. You know, maybe we had some hope for Trey Lance there, but Brock Purdy was looking like he might be the starter uh, throughout most of the offseason when he's, they were announcing that he was healthy. But the big news there is Sam Darnold was named the backup, and Trey Lance went missing from practice. Uh, he was allowed to not go to practice. He did that. Uh, yeah. So we'll start with Brock Purdy. How high are we moving Brock Purdy up now that we, one, know he's guaranteed to be the starter, and two, we don't have that threat of Trey Lance looming over his head and that that upside that Trey Lance has? Well, one, I just want to say, because this is the first time I got a chance to, that it's incredible that a seventh-round quarterback is now the starting quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, but Brock Purdy was an absolute dog at Iowa State, so he actually was mm -hmm. pretty decent, and I enjoyed playing him in a few spot starts there and redrafts and stuff like that, but... The thing about Purdy is like he's good, and I kind of agree with the the destination David guys, especially Ray. He's just like if Brock Purdy was in another offense, he wouldn't be as shiny, and we probably yeah. wouldn't be talking about him currently because it is a Kyle Shanahan system, so he's set up for success, but he has the tangibles to be good. So for that measure alone, like he's easily, I would say, top fifteen. I would say I want to say quarterback probably this year um, just because San Francisco is just set up for success. And just like Tampa Bay, they have so many weapons that they can get out to and pretty shown that he can use those weapons and use them very uh, frequently as well, man. So I think we could get a top 15. I know a lot of people are pushing like QB 12 and I'm not ready Ooh. to do that just yet. <laughs> um, not that bold. I will not be making that bold prediction, but I, you know, for me, I would say Brock Purdy's a QB 15 this year, probably a top 15. Uh, and, uh, you know, people that are sleeping on him in QB 21 or 22 or whatever, like you're going to miss out on the uptick. That's going to happen basically. So Brock Purdy stock up now that he's uh, the go-to guy now. Yeah, I, I agree. Definitely a stock up there. And I, it, it, I, I got to feel like you, you took a little bit of a shot there at me because guess where I have Brock Purdy ranked? Is he QB 20, 21? QB 20. Yeah. <laughs> no. So, um, so I, what's, uh, holding you, what's holding you back? I want I'm interested. Yeah, so the I moved him up with the Lance news because I had him sure. down around like QB 24, 25, and I had Lance around like QB 17, 18. So I like that upside. Um, the thing that's holding me back from Purdy is really just that he's going to be a system guy. Like I think he's going to step in. I think he's going to basically fill the same or have the same type of production that Jimmy G had. Mm. So, you know, I, I see that being solid. Um on an annual basis, I think I could see him getting into like the QB 16, 17 range, like every single year, but he just doesn't have the ceiling that some of these other guys do. Like I'm, sure. I'm still a believer on Russ. And we talked a little bit about that. Uh, right. Yeah. A little bit that pre-show. Um, I'm still a, a believer on Russ. So I have Russ ranked up there as well. I have Kenny Pickett ranked ahead of him too. Kirk cousins. Um, those are the guys that I have like right there around him. So, I, and then I have Derek Carr, Jared Goff behind him. So yeah. he's right there in that group of guys that I think are just going to be really solid QB2s. They just don't have a high ceiling. Yeah, I, that makes a lot of sense. So what what do you want to do with Trey Lance? So that's the new question, right? He 
was drafted third overall. Um, I honestly, like, I'm not ready to say he's a bust yet. Like, I just feel like he's just, um, he just missed out. Like, Mm -hmm. but I will admit, like, he didn't play much football. If you think about it, when he went to North Dakota State, like, yeah, they went to the championship, but they didn't play a lot, especially with COVID and things a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. he's got maybe under 50 games under his belt, and that's a big difference. You think think FBS to regular NFL is crazy? Imagine going FCS to NFL. Like, people have done it before. Uh, I mean, I can't really say Carson Wentz anymore because he's out of the league, but you know yeah, what I'm saying? Like Joe he, Flacco, you know, <laughs> yeah, Flacco, yeah, yeah, Delaware, right? Yeah, I mean, Flacco, I mean, he burned us in a playoff game, and I can never unsee that <laughs> Broncos fan, right? But, um, so scars and you know, all that good stuff, but you know, there are a few guys that have succeeded, and Trey Lance has a, a specific skill set. We all thought he was made for Shanahan's system, but it just turns out Brock Purdy is just running this system, kind of like I said, he's a system guy, like Purdy's just a guy to run this system basically now. So I, I don't know. Like, I don't think we should be dropping Lance. I don't think we should be trading. Honestly, I would hold because I think a trade's coming and I think it's coming pretty soon because they're, you know, cutting rosters, they're uh, transacting and moving people from one roster to the other, or they're picking people up off of practice squads right now. So someone that's got an aging quarterback is probably going to be looking to get a younger quarterback coming in. So I know there's rumors of Minnesota at one point, maybe with captain Kurt and stuff like that. So if Lance can develop maybe under Kirk Cousins or maybe under that system or just a system in general where they can really develop the quarterback more and give him more time, if he has the proper weapons around him, I think Lance can succeed still. So I'm still not ready to give up on Trey Lance. I just think like it's a hold right now. Does that make sense to you or is that kind of what you're thinking too? Yeah, simpatico. Um, I am on the same page. I am not ready to give up on Lance. Now I did drop him. He, I do have him as my QB. Sure, 30. Yeah. I have him as my QB 33 right now just until we kind of figure out where he's going it's hard to ignore the fact that he's third on the depth chart right now and we have to rely on the fact that he's going to go to another situation and be traded we don't we don't know that so that's why i have him down there a little bit but i do agree i'm not ready to give up on him um he's a hold i'm probably not probably not buying because i have i have a decent amount of him i'm not gonna lie i have uh i I, I have him and I have him and Purdy in like several places because I, well, you know, I might I had work one. Out. They both go on both teams, right? <laughs> Maybe. Teams. That out. Uh, I had one and I was like, well, let me go get the other one in a right. couple of different places. So I had that locked down. But so I do have Lance. I'm holding him, not buying him. We got to see where he ends up. I, I think that there are some places that we could see him go and he could still be, he could still be good. He could still be productive. Um, I think it would be really interesting to see if he ends up in a place behind a veteran quarterback, like you were saying, like maybe Kirk Cousins in, in Minnesota, um, maybe in New York behind Aaron Rodgers, because I don't sure. think Zach Wilson is it. Um, you know, maybe we see him end up in Tennessee because they're just stockpiling big athletic quarterbacks and one of them's got a hit, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, yeah, so I'm not ready. I'm not ready to say die on him yet either. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, a hold is the way to go for sure, man. But at least it's starting to, and then shout out for Sam Darnold for not seeing ghosts anymore, at least in San Francisco. (laughs) Maybe the fog is keeping him from seeing the ghost or whatever, (laughs) <laughs> yeah maybe maybe the warmer weather maybe is helping him out i don't know he's a Cal- he's a cali guy too yeah yeah um all right next news we have jonathan taylor was given permission to seek a trade by the colts 
Reportedly, there were up to six teams that were interested in him, and Miami is now rumored to be the front runner. This would upset me because I'm a big Devin Achain guy. Oof, we got to talk about the injury. I forgot to put it in the notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the the injury will be yeah. That that'll be something we could talk about too. Um, but yeah, I I'm a big Achain guy, so I wouldn't love Miami personally. But I think as a landing spot, that would be pretty good. Uh, what are you thinking about him to Miami? So this is a telling of uh, the running back, and I don't know if you're ready. Uh, we don't have to have this conversation about running no, we back can have and it. on that if you want. But the fact that Dalvin Cook wanted to be a Dolphin, let's face it, like he wanted the money. Miami told him no. Honestly, they're against the cap. So the fact that yeah. they're actually the front runner for Jonathan Taylor speaks volumes of what they think about an aging Dalvin Cook versus a much younger Jonathan Taylor, who's only been in the league for four years and literally has like another big one more contract available for him. So if Miami's are willing to acquire him and then give him a new contract, that's that's saying quite a bit. And I know that hurts the A chain train, but honestly, I don't think it does too much. I think in order to get JT, they're going to have to probably give up. I don't know. I don't think Miami's going to give up their first. If they do, that'll be interesting. But um seconds they might move Mostert they might move Jeff Wilson because honestly Indy's got the land of misfit toys we call them like yeah. the nasty boys where it's like <laughs> you throw in Deion Jackson and then your flex you know and you're playing a game and you're sick to your stomach but he drops like 20 fantasy points and you're just like okay that happened or you know you got the the ghost of Zach Moss you know the former Utah uh, CFF darling that we all loved and broken arm so it's just like when is he ever going to return so like Indy could use at least a stockpile. Maybe they can get a two for one and maybe a few ones there. But imagine JT and A-Chain as a one-two punch, especially with the wide receivers they already have. I know Tyreek's saying that he's got like maybe a couple years he's going to ride out his contract and probably retire. But still, man, with Waddle there, um, the tight end, there's a a rookie tight end I'm really like. He's another guy I didn't get a chance to put on the sheet, but he's another one I'm looking at. a former wide receiver now tied in there in, in uh, Miami. Um, so they got some options. And as long as Tua stays healthy and he can throw that arm and, you know, use his jujitsu to land the way he needs to, man. <laughs> like, you know, I, I did some jujitsu. You know, you learn how to drop, man. You really do. Oh, okay. You're a, you're a jujitsu guy? Uh, a blue belt. I haven't gone okay. too, too far or whatever, but you learn, how, you learn how to drop correctly. So I can confirm, like, you just don't fall down like you used to anymore. You learn how to kind of gracefully um, kind of plop and then position yourself for defense, basically, if that makes sense. So I feel like that's good for Tua. Let's just hope he stays away. He's he's only like a couple concussions away from not playing yeah. in the NFL anymore, let's face yeah. it. So we want Tua to stay in there because we love his time in Alabama. We want him to keep on going, right? So um, I like it. I don't know who the second one. They will not uh, dis- the say who the second option is. So it leads me to believe that maybe there's an established running back or a team that's there and they're maybe looking to um, get younger, if that makes sense. So I'm, I'm very intrigued who might be that line. It'd be, it would break my heart if it was like, you know, like Tennessee and they want to move Henry or it's Ooh. like, or maybe it's like, you know, yeah. hopefully it's not Atlanta and they want to give away Bijan. That'd be crazy. Right. So it's like, you know, hopefully it's nothing crazy like that, but um, I'm interested in the second team, but Miami, I know uh, would hurt a lot of people's hearts with the A-chain this year, but I think it would be a nice one, two combo if you think about it. Yeah, from a football standpoint, it would be a great one-two combo. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, defenses would have to be afraid. Uh, and it is like, I mean, Mike McDaniel came from the Shanahan tree, so it's mm. going to be an efficient rushing system. Yep. So I, I do think Jonathan Taylor landing in Miami would be great for his fantasy value. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just really comes down to, can they get this done? Can they get a trade done in time? Because I believe they only gave him to like the start of the season. 
Um, uh, he's got to like Tuesday to Tuesday? get this trade done. Yeah, so yes. like he's on the clock basically, if that makes sense. So uh, because that's when the the roster cut comes down, so they go down to fifty three. So he's got to hit a team if he's going to. But so it looks like Miami's pushing. We'll see if anyone else counters them. Yeah, so we'll see how that ends up shaking out. But it doesn't sound like Jonathan Taylor is long for Indy, whether it's this year in a trade or whether he just <laughs> yeah he just does not sign up uh, again there. Next news item we have. Well, actually, you know what? Before we just hop out of that, why don't we talk Devin Achain with that injury? Sure. Um, so he went I, down in preseason. <laughs> Everyone in Dynasty cried immediately. Um, Me too. <laughs> uh, but it's not... I don't know if it's long term. That's a good thing. Like I think he's back. It's just going to be a few weeks. But they're in no rush because they have Mostert. They got all these guys and you know Wilson that's self serviceable. So I think Miami's going to be okay while A chain hills up. But man, he was explosive in preseason play. He looked good. He was popping off pretty good. Um, what do you, what do you think, man? Are you are you scared with the A chain thing? Are you just holding on for dear life? Are you thinking you're about, you do want to trade for somebody? Um, like what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm not trading him away i'm not panicking because it is okay, a shoulder panic. injury right it's a shoulder injury so i it doesn't scare me as much as if it was a knee injury or even a hamstring injury i think it would scare me a little yeah. bit um so the fact that it's a shoulder i'm not scared but it definitely sets him back uh, you know it, it derails some of that momentum that he had going out through the through the preseason here and i i fully admit that i am I'm biased. I've been beating the the Devonachi drum uh, for a while. So, so, does it scare you that because of his size? You know, what I'm saying like yeah. you see this, like he's going against big D linemen. These are big boys. Does it scare you because of his size? And do you think even if he gained size or whatever, would that kill his his Olympic speed that he's come with? Like, what are your thoughts about him in an NFL? Same thing with uh, you know, our boy Deuce. You know, like yeah. it's kind of the same situation. Like, can they survive the NFL? Basically, yeah. I. I think Devin Achin's experience in the SEC has probably prepared him as well as you possibly can uh, in college for the NFL. So he was playing some big boys, you know, he playing against Bama D linemen, playing against Georgia D linemen. If they, you know, uh, from time to time, I know they're on the opposite side there, but playing against LSU D linemen. So he was playing against NFL caliber defenses and he was able to stay mostly healthy through college, got nicked up here, nicked up there, but didn't really miss extended time. So I'm not overly worried about it, but it is definitely something to keep in the back of your mind as a guy who's a little bit smaller, you know, and in yeah. uh, a position that we're seeing it be devalued, the running back injuries happen all the time. So mm-hmm. it is a little bit of a worry, but it's not a huge worry for me. Yeah. So don't trade him guys. It's okay. <laughs> Just hang on. It's okay. Hang tight. Hang tight. Uh, next news item though, we have Sam Howell was named the starter and he has been looking pretty good in preseason here. Sam Howell's a guy that I was, yeah, I was pretty high on him as my QB one in that class. I'm assuming you Uh, did too, being a UNC I did too. And then that was the failure of that year and it kind of set him back. Um, like I was talking like he just, he picked up bad traits because he had to, he had to be on the run constantly. The offensive line was terrible at Carolina. So he literally like was honestly just trying to find. That was even for down. So that was like Newsom and Deami Brown, which you're seeing that mm-hmm. connection now, especially with the we'll talk about that guy in a second, but their main wide receivers out. So that opens up the door, at least for now, temporarily mm-hmm. for Deami Brown to get some playing time. So definitely stoked for Sam. Uh, if we get Drake May next year, that's two Tar Heels and, and they're Trubisky backup. So that's not a bad that's not a bad showing for Mac Brown, and the Tar Heels for sure. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a great show for uh, a quarterback wise for, uh, for Mac Brown and the Tar Heels there in terms of Sam Howell. I liked that Washington landing spot, even though it was in like the fifth round, yeah, it's fifth round, which was fifth. crazy that he fell to that. But honestly, mm-hmm. like I'm glad he did because he went unnoticed. And so mm-hmm. he was able to kind of work his way up and Tyler, Taylor Heineke who's now there in Atlanta with you guys. Like he was just a mm-hmm. bit advocate. He's just like, let, let Sam play like this kid's a, a baller. He wants to win. And they did. And he, he balled out. <laughs> he, he took Dallas to the woodshed in that game. I know mm-hmm. no one cared. It was like what week 17 or 16, but he did yeah. a fantastic job, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I think Sam Howell being named the starter, looking good. He's got some good weapons. Um, you know, we talked about Terry McLaurin. We'll get to him in a moment, too. They have Jahan Dotson as well. Okay. You're going to talk about a guy a little bit later that they have. You mentioned Diami Brown. They have Antonio Gibson, too, who's should be a good dump off option if he needs it. I think he's set up decently well there. What's your long term dynasty outlook for Sam Howell here? So I'm I'm still hesitant and uh, probably not the right guy to ask because I am the okay. biased Tar Heels fan, right? So like, mm-hmm. let's move the Tar Heels stuff out of the way. Like, a lot of people are calling for Jacoby Brissett to still start, right? So there's this whole divide in the dynasty community. It was like Brissett versus Howe, whatever. Honestly, I think Howe showed enough to where he needed to. Like preseason, he was solid, and he's been working. You know, I've been seeing videos with Diami and Sam, and so they've really been working hard in the off season to kind of get ready for this season and stuff like that. Um, If he can hold on to this job, man, I know it's a new owner, so the owners don't owe them anything. And I know this is a new regime. So, but as long as uh, I think coach Rivera is there, I think we're still okay with how, but if there is a change in like coaching and staff and it all gets turned over next year when they get a new stadium and all that stuff, that's where I'm kind of a little worried about it because Sam's not owed anything by the the new ownership and stuff like that. But uh Coach Rivera sees quite a bit in him and stuff like that. Um, they, he just sees the, the that dog mentality mentality, right? So it's like I see it for the next couple of years for sure, being Sim Howe's team for sure. Um, I mean, why not? You know what I'm saying? Like I think uh, nothing against Jacoby Brissett, um, but I think Sam's the guy for the for the team. You know, I think it looks like the guys are wrapped their, their morales around him and stuff. Like everyone's enjoying being Sam as the quarterback. They're really touting him as QB1, so – um, I think that moves his stock up quite a bit. Uh, where did where did you move him in ADP, or where do you see him going now? Is he on the rise? Yeah, I, I think he's definitely on the rise. I have always been a little bit higher than consensus. I think on Sam Howell, um, I had him. I I was entering this year presuming that he was going to be the starter. Once we knew Heineke was going, once we knew Heineke left, he's in Atlanta now. That it was him versus Brissett. Like we know exactly what Jacoby Brissett is. Jacoby yeah. Brissett is a guy who can come in, uh, you know, win you maybe like a couple of games here and there, but he's not a long-term starter. And I think right. Washington knows that too. So they needed to see what they have in Howell. And I I believe in Howell's talent. I think he was a good player. So I had him in my like mid to low 20s, it's like 27, 28 or so as my QBs. Yeah. I've moved him up to QB 23 now. I have him sandwiched right between Jared Goff and Geno Smith. Okay. Um, Geno Smith, a little bit older, and I'm a little worried that last season is probably the best season we'll ever see from him. Um, And I think Sam Howell does bring something with the rushing ability. We saw it in college too. Mm -hmm. So I I like Sam Howell. I was another guy that I was acquiring a lot of this offseason was Sam Howell. If I didn't already have him, I was going out and buying him because I was I was a believer in him. So I think he can be a rock solid. Uh, QB two for you here. I will probably 
creep him up my rankings too as we see it in the season and if we can see washington buy into him long term so like you said new regime uh at the top i mean they still have rivera as the coach but it's a new owner like you know top to bottom kind of a new organization going on there mm-hmm. fifth round draft capital they're not really tied to him so he needs to prove it and he needs to go out there and prove it every single yeah. day and i think he can but we need to see it yeah, he's got to complete the whole season. He's got to put up some decent numbers for him to stick around for sure. Uh, I'll be honest, in the offseason, I tried to get him because I kind of knew the writing was on the wall. And, you know, I've seen Sam Howe for many years, so I know yeah. what he's capable of, right? So it's like I believed he was going to win the starting job over Brissett. So I tried to acquire for him, and I couldn't, you know, people were asking first and stuff like that. Hmm. I was just like, whoa, let's talk. Let's calm down. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, he's still got to beat Brissett out first. So that was my, you know, they're like, mm-hmm. but you're the Tar Heels fan. You know, you know something. Uh, I was like, I don't have any extra information for you. I've just seen the kid play, you know, like personally. So it's like, I just know what he's capable of. But so, yes, I'm acquiring about him, but I'm not going to give you my first for yeah. an unproven quarterback as much as I like Sam Howe, you know? So it's like, yeah. you just got to come to realization like, yes, he's a good QB too. So if you can acquire him, good. But see if you can go for a second or maybe, maybe a two a player for in. one deal. Yeah. It's it's hard because this is a super flex league. So immediately right. quarterbacks are like up for grabs and our league has been known. I mean, we're all the original writers from the uh, fantasy footballers podcast. So it's like, we've nice. been doing this for eight plus yeah. years. So smart guys. Right. Yes. So it's like, but the quarterbacks highly touted and, and, and by, you know, default because that's the way we were kind of taught if that made sense. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so it's harder to do, but if you're in a regular like QB one and you need like a good QB two as a backup, I think you could probably get Sam for a good deal, like a second or maybe like a older veteran player that you can help a championship team to, to grab Sam basically, if that makes sense. So that would be the yeah. way to go. Yeah. No, I like that. Uh, I like that uh, idea. I, I tend to gravitate more towards um, like two for ones kind yeah. of like, I kind of yeah. the same. Yeah, and then like, oh, if you throw in how I'll do that, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So I I do try to disguise my trade my real trade target That's that I'm going for because you get the you do get the people, like you said, like, oh, you have insider information. What do you know? And it was like, so why like, are you nothing, why are you, why are you telling me about, about Sam Ham when you're the turtle fan? I swear I don't know anything that you don't know, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get I, I get that from time to time as well. Um but sticking in Washington here, we'll talk about Sam Howell's presumptive number one target, Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's a toe injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, turf, turf toe. Yep. Yeah. Tur- turf toe is, a, uh, I believe, uh, Lin- uh, Linda um, on Twitter, Lindellians or Linda Lyons. I'm not sure how you say that yeah. one. Um, she said something about like turf toe is, should be renamed because it sounds like a soft injury, but, but it's, it's actually not. It's a tough no. one. Yeah, um, my buddy Matthew Betts, who's who's with the ballers there, like he's a, a PT. So like he's like when you do turf toe and people can't see this because, you know, this is audio form. But <laughs> basically imagine when you're taking a lift off on your foot and stuff like that, you're trying to put pressure down on that big toe immediately. So you're trying to do lift off without that toe, basically. It just the inability to kind of get that extra speed and to come off the line. So poor old scary Terry is going to have to, he's a little less scary, at least for a couple of weeks until he can get it fixed, but not to worry. Um, but this does work out for Jahan Dotson's favor. And that's your guy there at Penn state. Uh, sir, love the landing at Washington. And as soon as he landed there, I was like, this is exactly what Washington needs. They need another strong possibly wide receiver one, but at least for now, wide receiver two behind, behind Terry. 
So I mean, like this is perfect. This kind of sucks for those that are redrafting. And this is why you wait to to yep. draft as long as you can if you're doing a redraft. But this means also that value you're getting from Dotson in like the sixth and seventh round of a redraft. That's no longer the case now that Scary Terry, which means if you want to, you can save uh, some draft picks and get Terry a little later, or you got to pay up a little bit to get Jahan now because they're saying probably a few weeks. I don't know if uh, Terry's gonna be ready for week one. He might be week two, week three. So you have to remember that when you're drafting him. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be cutting it close for the start of the season. And, and like you were saying with the turf toe injury, you, it just saps your explosiveness because you don't, exactly. you don't realize how much you use that toe to push off, but that's actually like the predominant uh, muscle that you use to push off is, is the muscles there to your toe. It's also your balance too. So <laughs> yeah, also true. Yeah. So turf toe is a really tricky one, even though it doesn't sound like it would be a bad injury. It can linger. So I, I am, uh, a lot more interested in, in dots in there. I, I think with Terry, with Terry, I, he'll be fine. You know, and yeah. he'll midway through the year is probably he'll probably get back to the scary yeah. and ter- scary Terry that we know and love. Um, but Jahan Dotson has an opportunity here, and I was as big of a Penn State fan as I am, and I love Jahan Dotson. I was pretty surprised that he went in the first round. Um, yeah. So Washington thinks pretty highly of him. He's going to have an opportunity here. And he's a guy that is climbing steadily in my rankings as well. And he's got a great connection with Sam. So that's a, it's a nice pairing for sure. Yeah. Um, so we'll have Dotson step up. And uh, you mentioned Diami Brown as well. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Diami Brown is, uh, is a stock up here now as well? He is, especially temporarily. He would be like a good spot start. Uh, once again, one that we call him the nasty boys, where it's just you pick up a guy off a waiver, or maybe <laughs> he's like in your bench and you just happen to you know dig around in your bag and you find them. You're like, oh look, dummy, I have a brown. Uh, so then it's <laughs> like you know you just throw him in a flex and then kind of do that one because technically he'll be wide receiver too behind dots and dots and immediately gets mm-hmm. like a ton of targeting. Um, we'll talk about a tight end here shortly where I think he can sap up some of those uh some of those targets as well. So. But yeah, I mean, that's where I would go. Diami Brown stock up, or at least for the first couple of weeks. And then back to the bench you go, Brown. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably back to the bench. Um, but if he, uh, if he, I mean, like you said, he has that connection with Sam Howell from, from college. If he can, yep. if he can show a little bit there, I think he could, he could earn a long term role there. Now, is that going to be fantasy relevant? Maybe. Who's to say? At least he's yeah. wide receiver three for sure, right? Yeah. And I think he serves a role in that offense. It's a little bit different than Scary Terry and, and Jahan Dotson, too. For sure. Uh, all right. Last news item here. And and you were the one who added this. This one this just broke. Yeah. This one just broke today as we're recording this. This is a Thursday. Uh, Jerry Judy picks up a hamstring injury. We're waiting to hear how bad it is, but he was carted off. Sounding like it could be a few weeks. Uh, we'll see how long into the season it goes to. Hamstring injuries are one that can be tricky. Uh, what are we doing with Jerry Judy besides, you know, crying a little bit on the inside? First, we cry on the inside. Already lose Tim Patrick. <laughs> now Jerry Judy for a little bit. Uh, you know, the, the Jerry Judy breakout season is now postponed until further noticed. So, you know, we were waiting for that, what, third year finally yeah. breakout, I believe, for Jerry Judy uh if so it's going to be the second half of the season now so um this is if anything if this is the moment Cortland Sutton needs to re-emerge as a wide receiver one this would be the year because he is now the dominant factor but this also touts a guy that they picked up in the second round who is um 
out of Oklahoma, and he was quite the stud. And his name is Marvin Mims. Shout out to Nate Marquise. Um, Marvin Mims is good for this Peyton system. Uh, that's why he picked him in the second round. Uh, yeah. He sees quite the potential. He's very hyped on Marvin Mims. Uh, he did really good in rookie camp, and then in the uh, in the training camp recently, he's been showing out quite a bit. So um, they were already going to think about because we we did lose. Um, oh crap, uh, Hamler. They did drop yeah, him. Yeah, KJ. Uh, I'm shout out to KJ. We miss you, man. <laughs> uh, but you know they need something to take the top off that. All those defenses, the mm-hmm. AFC West, they got to compete. Marvin Mims might be that guy where Sutton is probably for now just going to be the bigger receiver that Russ can get the targets to. Uh, so there's probably going to force feed Sutton one likely for the beginning until Mims becomes, you know, the, the second guy there. So for now I would stock up big time for Mims. Um, and then Jerry Judy, uh, there's some value there. So maybe if people are freaking out that maybe Jerry Judy might never break out, might be a good time to go trade for a little cheaper. Now that might be a good little value option play there. Um, do not. I mean, if you are the, I would say hold, to be honest with you, because I think Jerry Judy's really, really talented, and there's a reason he's been drafted so high. So you just have to wait. Um, but if you're looking at a whole season, uh, you know, the IR is where he will go. So um, that's sad. <laughs> it really is. Uh, but I'm glad that we picked up who we picked up in the offseason in the draft, man, because uh, my Broncos are starting to get a little thinner. They're the, the skill positions. Yeah, uh, definitely a good thing that they drafted Marvin Mims uh, with these these injuries piling up here. And the, the Jerry Judy one is is a sad one for me because I have been very high on Jerry Judy all offseason. Uh, I did two C2C startups this offseason. I drafted him in both. Uh, I drafted him in Scott Fish in the Scott Fish Bowl. Oh, like I yeah, man, I was I was all in on Jerry Judy this year and it's seeming like that breakout might be a little bit delayed. Um, But I, I do agree with you about Marvin Mims. I I think he's pretty perfect for that Sean Payton system. I think uh, his game is, is similar to Brandon cooks uh, where he's like that slot wide receiver. Who's going to stretch the field. It's a pretty unique role. And Sean Payton used Brandon cooks very effectively when he was in um, New Orleans, when they were both there together. So, I can see a nice uh, a nice bump here for Marvin Mims. He's got a good opportunity early on in the season. Um, I, I have since moved him up uh, in my rankings since this news. Um, he's hovering right around like wide receiver 36, 37 for me right now. Okay. Um, so I just because we never know like who all is going to come back, what that role is going to be. It was a crowded wide receiver room, but he's got a chance to creep up for me as well. Where do you have Sutton? I'm, I'm curious. 37. <laughs> okay so basically you pick a different receiver yep. and good luck and rush yeah get it to him, okay <laughs> yep that is that is pretty much exactly where i am at at this point yeah i don't blame uh, you honestly i don't blame you one bit yeah i mean we'll we'll see how it shakes out um but i uh i was i liked marvin mims coming up but it was a very unique profile but once he got that second draft cap second round draft capital uh that was uh that was a boon before we move on to the next one as a denver fan i just want to put this out to the ether if somehow michael carter gets released from the jets Mm. please denver let's bring back the carolina one-two punch baby let's bring back thunder and lightning javante's looking a lot better i love me some samaje p ryan i I do like some p ryan actually Mm -hmm. but man if michael carter somehow does not make that team which if they don't that's a travesty Mm -hmm. but the jets have a lot of riches right now so denver position campaign knows how to use the backs in a one-two combo as well so Let's bring that back. So 
I know Sean Payton will never hear this, but I'm just putting it out. <laughs> you know, you just got to put out your the will, just the free will. So that's what I'm wanting. I want Carolina back in, in the Denver backfield. Let's do it. Put it out into the universe. <laughs> um, all right. So that long news segment there, we hit a lot to cover, <laughs> a lot of big names to talk about here. Into the training camp. Training camp is well underway at this point. We are, uh, the, my Falcons are playing right now uh, as we're recording this. So we are well into training camp who are some risers for you so far throughout training camp sure so my first one is a uh, rookie uh he's a tight end there out of washington we just talked about the commanders but um i i keep seeing uh i put the wrong name because there's too many coals on there but mm-hmm. it's cole turner not cole tucker but cole turner out of nevada you remember him from his time with uh, romeo dobbs there in nevada system with carson yes, strong sir. Very strong CFF offense there as well. But Cole Turner did get drafted. Um, so I guess he's not a rookie. This would be his second year. But now he is emerging as the top guy. Logan uh, you know, Logan Thomas is the former quarterback that turned tight end. But he's getting older, and he's, um, he's dealing with a lot of injuries and stuff like that. So they're easing him back, and sometimes it's a little too much. So Cole Turner's been getting a lot of looks there in Washington as the tight end. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember the Jordan Reed era of Washington when they oh, had yeah. Jordan Reed in 86? So yeah, man, when he was, when he was healthy. Plays, you play him, and when he's not, you don't play him. So Cole Turner, if he becomes number 86 and he takes that number, it's over, bro. Like Cole Turner scored every time, right? Uh, but that's what I like. Cole Turner's emerging as a guy that can be trusted. He's an extra guy that uh, Sam can kind of get it out to. So, you know, you have Diami, you have Dotson. Now you have Cole Turner there, and you got the running backs out the back that can catch, especially like Antonio Gibson, who's also playing a little bit of slot, stuff like that, too. So that's helping out quite a bit. So I'm going to go. My first pick would be Cole Turner out of the Washington. Tell me about your next guy. I like, I like the name. It's a name I'm, I'm very familiar with. Oh yeah, um, I like the Cole Turner call there. I've been I've been keeping an eye on him as well. But I I got to start off with with my guy. He was a guy that I was hyping up at the beginning of last year, heading into the the college season. Uh, it's Trey Palmer, wide receiver for Tampa Bay, formerly of LSU and Nebraska. At LSU, I mean, he was on the field in 2019 with that stud team with Jamar Mm -hmm. Chase, with Justin Jefferson, with Terrace Marshall. Um, So yeah, he was a year one zero. So if you're familiar with the year one zero theory from uh, Austin and Chris over at the site, uh, he was a year one zero. But when your team is that talented, like, yeah, no, it's not surprising that that he didn't see the field much. Uh, Year two gets on the field a little bit more, a hundred yards. um, And then year, but he had Keishon Boutte there as well um and then year three 2021 again Keishon Boutte was there transfers to Nebraska and then has a monster year mm-hmm. uh which is what we were expecting in that uh Mark Whipple offense um he got banged up a little bit towards the end of the year but thousand yards nine touchdowns they used them on the ground running a little bit too so he had a nice year there um, he had a just a stupid dominator rating um 46 dominator rating uh, so if you're somebody who subscribes to the dominator rating theory, like he was mm-hmm. uh, just just nuts um, and then looked good at the the senior bowl. Um, and he also ran the fastest time at the combine among wide receivers four three three. steady drum beat from him. I was shocked he went in the sixth round. Absolutely shocked. But yeah. we're seeing his ability here in training camp uh, 
now that he's on the field, now that he's able to make some plays. And Russell Gage is going to be out for the year. Yep. Um, it's that sucks for him, of course, but it does present an opportunity for Trey Palmer. So he's been a riser for me. Yep. He's definitely a solid wide receiver three. And then if there's we don't ever want wish injury, but if something happened with Godwin or Evans, Turner would definitely be a next guy up for sure. So I'm definitely agree. Uh, my next guy is a, you know, shout out to Delane Greenway of Tajay Spears, who's in Tennessee, man. He's having a really, really strong preseason. You know, we all thought like, I was like, okay, you know, a lot of people dinged him for like his, uh, you know, bone on bone knee that he has and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But man, like if the running backs are only going to get a rookie contract and they sell off to the sunset, why not, you know, run this guy as hard as you can. And Tajay Spears has proven to be quite the asset. Why if Derek Henry sits. So uh, we expect Henry to get the multitude, even with D hop there, I think they'll probably try to split it the best they can. I think they'll try to, you know, Rabel's pretty smart. He might try to come up with a little bit of sneaky stuff to get more stuff to D hop and stuff like that. But this is Derek Henry's team, but we've always seen like, I mean, Haskins was a brief thing last year, uh, Hassan Haskins there out of Michigan. Um, and he's still there, but you know, he's dealing with legal issues and things like that. So, but Tasha Spears, man, like it's been proven time and time again, whether he's at Tulane and now here in the NFL level, which seems like he's just easily transitioned over, which is, you know, from G5 to to the NFL, even, you know, quite a bit of a jump, man. So, like, he's showing out. He's doing good. I think he's rising there. I don't have his actual ADP up, and maybe you have it close by. But Tajay's moving up, and then if Derrick Henry has an injury, this is Tajay Spears' backfield, and he's going to run all over people. So, definitely stock up for Tajay Spears. And if you picked him up in Dynasty, whether you got him in, like, a second round of a rookie, maybe you got him in the third, man, what a steal. Yeah, I mean, he is a guy that, was definitely a big riser throughout the whole entire draft process. Mm -hmm. If you would ask me at the beginning of the year, uh, do I think he gets drafted uh, no. early? I would have said no. Um, honestly, I probably would have been su surprised if he was anything higher than like a sixth round pick, but he had a big right. year um, and gets gets taken on day two. Uh, and, you know, I, I think with Derrick Henry there in front of him, obviously Derrick Henry's backfield. But like you said, if something happens to, he to Henry, Spears could be that next guy up. Uh, in terms of ADP, yeah, he was going as the uh, 36th running back off of the board. So sandwiched between um, James Conner and Roshan Johnson. Okay. Actually, like, that sounds good. That's crazy that James Conner has fallen that far. And just I know, people right? are like, please, Arizona, just, just start over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that Arizona team is going to be a dumpster fire. So that kind of hurts yeah. uh, James Conner. But mm -hmm. I think he, he presents some interesting value there. But I, I like the Spears yeah. call as well. Um, my last riser that I have here, uh, is another guy that I was, I was, you know, steady drum beat for ever since he got taken on day two as well. It's tank Dell wide receiver going to, or wide receiver at Houston from the university Houston. of Houston. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, he, uh, reportedly CJ Stroud really wanted him in the draft. So oh, yeah. Houston went out, got him. Houston has just like no real wide receivers on the roster. They have Nico Collins could be interesting. He's an athletic freak. He's big, but hasn't really been able to put it together. Um, John Mechie is coming back from um, cancer that he had. So, you know, great to hear that he's coming back. Great to hear that he's of, uh, Xavier Hutchinson. I have him sitting on, uh, you know, the, just waiting mm -hmm. seeing. I think he's going to be special teams at first, but he might be able to get on the field. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think there's an opportunity there for Hutchinson as well. Um, and then, you know, Tank Dell has been starting to show out here in in training camp. And and he's a guy that 
Uh, Austin chastised me a little bit for for how high I had him among my rookie ranks. I I, uh, I don't have all those pulled up in front of me here. I probably should have had the rookie ranks pulled up, but I, he was like rookie like 15, 16 for me. Okay. Um, so I was pretty high on him. I have a lot of Tank Dell right now. Uh, and then, you know, with the news that we've been seeing him, um, you know, looking good and, and with the draft capital he got, he's my wide receiver 48 right now uh, nice. overall. So I, I like Tank Dell. Man. I mean, regardless yeah. of size, I just think he can get open. He just him and downs, I just think is still going to be pretty good at the NFL level for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm pretty high on downs as well. Downs is my wide receiver 50. So all right, there right, right there. It's that that's the rookie range. I have Tank Dell, Jaden Reed, Josh Downs, Rasheed Rice, Jonathan Mingo. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so all of those guys, guys that I like uh, as well. Um, I, Cole Turner, I liked that call out too on your end. Yeah. If you can get him on the cheap, man, go for it. I think he's uh, he's he's destined to break out. Just too talented not to, man. Uh, all right. So speaking of players who could break out, could see some rises from who do you think are as a player that we're going to see the biggest rise from between now and this time next year, who are we going to be hyping up? So next year we're going to see the ultimate rise of now rookie, but soon sophomore year of JSN Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's a now in Seattle, former Ohio state Buckeye. Um, so he's dealing with the wrist stuff now and if you're hearing this now he did you know break his wrist there on that sweet play that he had there in the preseason he was already destined to be wide receiver three but um you know i'm a big fan of tyler lockett but he is aging out fairly quickly and his uh contract i believe is coming up pretty shortly so if that's the case um i don't think we're gonna see dk move anytime soon so we're we're probably gonna expect metcalf to kind of be in seattle for a few more years to come but that does move js into the tyler lockett kind of one what we like whereas honestly if we looked at both of them metcalf has crazy upside and he's that athletic freak and people salivate because he's just made out of rock and granite but at the same time like jsn is essentially gonna be taken over in the tyler lockett spot when it comes time and i want to say that that might come sooner than later especially if they can get out under um lockett's contract and stuff like that i'd like lockett i still think he probably has one or two years left in him honestly as he gets closer to the age of 30 but um i still see him kind of like an emmanuel sanders where he can still land somewhere and probably you know, do one two-year deal and still still be productive but i still think jsn is the future of seattle there for the seahawks so i do think that he will be the big riser and be one of the top rookies that become like a mainstay that we're going to be talking about for years to come so definitely jsn for me I love the JSN cause. I he was my wide receiver one. Uh, I, I liked that landing spot as well. Like you talked about with Lockett, probably on his way out the door here soon. I think he could step mm-hmm. into into that role. Um, so I like that call. My first riser is a guy that uh, we talked about a little bit earlier. We we're talking about it. I had Jordan Addison on the sheet, and one that felt a little too cheap didn't feel quite deep enough. And yeah, it's an obvious pick, but I like it. Yeah, and and he was already going off the board as the wide receiver 19 by by ADP. So mm-hmm. how much higher can he really get? But the guy that I'm going to talk about first is Sam Howell. Um, and first off, I think it starts with his current ADP as the QB 37 off mm-hmm. the board. I mean, that's just way too low. He was going behind um, guys like Malik Willis going behind DTR. And look, like DTR has looked good in preseason. Yeah, like, like Thompson Robinson, yep. Yeah, it looks good, but I think that 
we all would be shocked if he started over Deshaun Watson at any point. Right. Um, the legal issues are really the only thing you have to worry about with Watson, in my opinion. True. Uh, so we shouldn't really be going behind those guys. Sam Howell, I think, is going to see a massive rise here. We, we talked about it earlier, so I'm not going to rehash it too much. But he's definitely a guy that I've been buying at the beginning of the offseason. And I would still probably float some offers out there for Howell. Because uh, in week 18, when he did finally get that chance to start, um, you know, he had a he had a nice game, he only 169 yards passing, but he had a touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown as well. We know he can bring something with the legs. He finished as the QB seven that week. So I uh, I think Sam Howell is going to have an opportunity here. Yep. Put some respect on that man's name. He's a starting quarterback. So treat him as such as you should. And he's a yes, runner. So he's a true dual threat quarterback. So look at it just like a, a, you know, a cheaper Lamar or something like that, that you can get on, on a little bit of a better value for sure. So my next guy is a guy that is, I don't say he's going untested, but uh, the running back out of Tulsa, Derek Prince, who was taken undrafted by the Kansas City Chiefs, has actually been doing extremely well, both in rookie and in regular camp as well. For now, he's been doing special teams, but he did get a few runs as well. But the coaches are very high on Derek Prince, and I see an outlook here pretty soon where, like, let's face it, CEH is not the answer anymore there in Kansas City. I think that was like a, a failed experiment, unfortunately. Um, and then you have an aging Jarek McKinnon who's on a one-year deal that's likely going to probably be out in the, in the next year or so. But Daenerik Prince is showing out quite a bit to the point to where like we've seen Kansas City do this where they just will take a random running back like Pacheco, who was the seventh-round guy from last year, by the way. So Pacheco probably will lead this field, but he's not guaranteed, you know, they just kind of rotate these backs out. So a lot of people are seeing as Daenerik Prince is that solid, like framed running back that can truly be like a goal line type of guy. Something that KC is kind of missing. They are more trick and fancy plays. I mean, we've seen quarterback and Netflix and stuff like that. They come out with their own <laughs> stuff. You know, they come out with, you know, and they get just ridiculous amount of talent, whether it's, you know, Kelsey, Mahomes, you know, whoever it is, but a guy like Prince that could literally solidify them at the goal line where they don't have to have trick plays or, run an offensive lineman as a, you know, like a pass catcher or anything like that. This could be the answer for that as well. So uh, he's definitely on one of my squads just sitting there, not a, like an active roster, but he's one of those guys I took just picking up and he's free on the waiver wire right now. Man, uh, hopefully he's still there. Some, a lot of people's gotten pretty smartened up to him. So, but if he's there and he's available, Prince is definitely worth a stash. Um, and then if he's gone, I would maybe still throw like a fourth round or fifth round. It depends on how long your rookie or your right. supplemental stuff. But if you can throw one of the lower end rounds uh, for him, just as a, a shot to have him, it might be worth it for it for sure. Yeah, I mean, we've been hearing a steady drumbeat for for Prince, um, kind of like we had heard one for Pacheco before. Exactly. And there's, like you said, there's a lot of bodies in that backfield, uh, but generic Prince offers a little bit of a different skill set because he is that bigger body guy, like 6'1 to 15-ish. Uh, and a yeah. lot of people do forget, I mean, Derek Prince played at Tulsa and, you know, he was banged up off and on there, never really like blew up, but he was recruited by Texas A&M. So he was That's a decent dope. recruit. Um, he has, you know, uh, a, a pedigree there and, and he, you know, performed well when on the field in college. So I, I think that the, the drumbeat for Prince is, is real. And then, like you said, he was dirt cheap. He was free all off season up till now. Nope. Um, yeah, my, my last riser that I have here is uh, Brandon Ayuk. And Ayuk is 
starting to creep up there as well. He's uh, his ADP. And again, I've been pulling up uh, the, all of this ADP off of uh, fantasy pros for their dynasty ADP. Um, but he's going off the board as a wide receiver 28 um, sandwich between Jerry Judy, uh, RIP uh, mm-hmm. and Traylon Burks. Uh, and I think that we're going to see Brandon Ayuk take another step forward this year. I'm I'm not ready to write off Debo Samuel either. I, I think he's a nice bounce back candidate, but I think Ayuk is going to really ascend into the, the primary option in this offense this year. We saw it uh, at times in flashes last year, you know, week 17, he had 12 or uh, nine catches for 101 yards and a touchdown. Um, he had a couple other 80 yard performances throughout the season as well. And I think that with Brock Purdy at the helm, Brock Purdy's more of a, that point guard at a quarterback mm-hmm. where he's just going to distribute the ball. He's going to get yep. it to in the hands of his playmakers. And Brandon Ayuk is going to be one of those guys. He's going to be one of those playmakers that he can get the ball to quickly. Uh, and then Brandon Ayuk could do a lot of damage after the catch. So he's started to creep up this offseason. We've heard it, but still are going at wide receiver 28 in the ADP. I think we see that up much closer to wide receiver 18, you know, maybe a 10 spot jump. Uh, by this time next year and maybe even a little bit higher yeah i think people uh he's still underrated even though the hype is real that uh a lot of people believe he is going to be the wide receiver one i don't think people should sleep on debo though i think mm-hmm. this is uh debo bounce back for sure uh i just kind of see it written on the wall for some reason it's just it's probably just going to happen so um so don't count out debo but at the same time Ayuk is destined to be their wide receiver one he's just absolutely incredibly talented and for the value that you're getting them there in adp especially in a startup i definitely mm-hmm. would be snagging a much closer so i'd i won't be one of those guys that sleep on him in later rounds i'd be willing to take him a couple rounds higher knowing the uh you know not only the floor but the capability of a, a high ceiling in games for uh for iuk for sure yeah absolutely and like i, said, I, I am uh i do think debo is going to have a bounce back year this year as well he he was banged up a little bit last year and the offense was kind of going through a little bit of a transition with the quarterbacks there were a lot of them that got hurt the whole team got hurt at times so uh, this is my hype for iuk is not um to diminish Debo at all, right. but I, I think Ayuk is going to step forward into that wide receiver, you know, one A role uh, over Debo's one B, and I think he's a good fit with Purdy's skill set. Yep, and it fits the Shanahan system really well too, so that's a good fit. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I know Austin's not going to listen to this show, so no, I can say will. it. But you know, I, uh, Austin <laughs> has been hyping up Ayuk as well, and there we go. Um, you know, he's been creeping up rankings all off season. I think we're going to see a big breakout for Ayuk this year too. Yep. All right. Well, that is going to do it for us tonight and, you know, potentially forever. Uh, Canton bound is no more. If you missed it at the beginning of the episode, uh, we are going to have the 4d chess guys uh, do our NFL podcast. Now, very, very excited to bring on Adam and Mike. If you're again, if you're not following them, Definitely follow them at 4D Chess FF on Twitter. Adam is at ATM 40 Chess. Mike is at Iowa Michael. Great, great guys. Even smarter uh, as well. Uh, so you know, I, I don't, I don't often like to say people are smarter than me. These guys are pretty smart. They're, they're pretty smart. They're pretty <laughs> smart. I didn't say exactly those words, but they're pretty smart. So we're very <laughs> excited that they're going to be uh, doing our NFL show for us as well. And 
I'll let them break that, but there might be a little promo code uh, if, if you're listening to them as well. So definitely okay. tune in and check them out. Might have a little uh, little something something going on over there. Uh, but Brandon, thank you so much, man, for joining me uh, on the uh, finale of Canton Bound. I am honored, sir. I am honored. It's been a blast. Yeah, this has been great. Um, looking forward to uh, some more potential NFL content coming from you this year, potentially. Yeah, you might see some, uh, you know, we're, we're hyping up to all of NFL, so I might be mm-hmm. doing some DFS action here for NFL. Still going back to my roots there. I did a mm-hmm. little bit of that stuff as well, so you might yeah. be seeing that pretty soon. So ice peeled, but uh, the DFS team is cranking out some stuff for you guys. So there's already a few videos out, so go check it out. Very excited. Very excited for that. Uh, and again, just want to highlight it again. We got this Saturday, the Saturday morning tailgates uh, show. We have that. It's going to be on our YouTube channel and on BSNs. Then we'll have college football tonight. Uh, again, this Saturday, week zero. It's kicking off. We do. So it. we'll be there with you. Uh, also, check out all of the other shows that we have going on over on the Campus to Canton podcast feed. Monday, Chasing the Natty. Tuesday, Campus Life. Wednesday, Back to Debbie. Thursday, Debbie Debate. Friday, our new NFL show. Uh, we have the CFB Winning Edge Pod Edge Pod coming out as well. Uh, we have the official over there. Tons of content. Never a reason to leave our feed. Never yep. a reason to leave the feed. Always something to listen to each day. Yes, sir. But that's going to do it for us for tonight. Thanks again, Brandon. I appreciate it. I'm Colin. And this is Brandon. And have a good one.